Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, April 3rd, 2023. I'm Mike Achopoli. Hey, we are, this is the first show of the month of April. The first show of the month of April. And that means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm just glad we skipped April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day was on a Saturday, which is great, which means I had no show because I was afraid people would call up and start saying things that weren't true. And I would believe it because I'm gullible, you know, but I'm very glad that we skipped that day. I don't like April Fool's Day. I think it's stupid. And it's stupid because we get fooled all the time. I mean, we're dumb, I guess. That's why I hate April Fool's Day. Even though it's every freaking year, we always forget it's April 1st. And people will do say things and we'll be like, what? What? Really? And then we'll go, oh, it's April 1st. You know, so. Oh, had that start. Does anyone know how that started? April Fool's Day? I don't I, I don't know how that started. I don't know. Maybe it started with like uh, politicians saying, "Hello, I'm your I'm your governor and I'm here to serve you. I'm here I'm here from the government. I'm here to help you." Oh, just kidding. <laughs> April Fools. April Fools. Oh boy. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So tomorrow's the big day, right? Tuesday. I want to make sure if you know, some people might listen to this on Tuesday. It started in April. That That's very good, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what insight, what insight my listeners have? I tell you, these insights are just mind-blowing. Who, who, who needs that, that chat GP? Who needs the AI when you have Daniel and other people who listen to my show? Um, but speaking of, you know, politicians who are just totally full of shit, and every day, every day, April Fool's Day for someone like Gavin Newsom. Every day is April Fool's Day, right? Because he pretends to care. He has that fake empathy that, that Joe Biden has. I think he learned that from Joe Biden. This the the fake empathy. The fake the fake empathy. And uh so now he's been going around. The hair gel king of California has been going around. Uh, I'll get back to Trump in a second. I know I alluded to Trump. I, I know. I just, it's just, you know what? The, the Trump thing is like, he's going to be arrested and that's it. It'll be like an hour, an hour and a half. No one's going to see anything. So it's not really a story. It's not news, right? It's just a process and it'll be over pretty quickly. But we'll see if there's any wild cards or anything. But, uh, and we'll know more about, I guess, the indictment. So I guess that's important. But that's for tomorrow night's show because right now I have to be clairvoyant. I don't know what the charges are. But anyway, going back to uh, Newsom. The hair Joe King of California, he's been going around the country now. His new thing is he's going to red states to tell them how shitty they are. That's a great way to get people on your side, right? Let's go to red states and tell them how fascist they are. Well, it's so stupid because so he, he'll say, well, the leaders are fascists. Well, first of all, coming from Newsom, this is the most mind-blowingly hypocritical thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. This guy has a pair, a pair of them, you know, a pair of them. He's got that pair, baby, to be able to do this. But the fact of the matter is, he'll say, okay, the leaders, the governors, the, the mayors are fascist. Well, those are the people that the voters elect, you moron. Those are the people that voters elect. They want these people in office. They believe these people are going to give them a better life, which they do, proving all of these people from California who have moved to red states. So if red states are so shitty, why have over a why why have officially over a half a million people 
left California over the last couple of years. Unofficially, it's probably millions. It's probably more like two, three million people. You know, they say San Francisco lost 8% of its population over the last couple of years, which by its, uh, just, just by itself, if it was 8%, is, is incredible, incredibly high number for such a short period of time. But you can bet it's probably double or triple that, right? So, because these are the official government numbers, so you know they're going to make it better than it actually is, all right? So here he is going to red states where people from California have gone to to get away from Gavin Newsom and his policies. Yet he's going around telling red states how fascist they are, how authoritarian they are, when he is the most fascist authoritarian leader ever in my lifetime, ever in my lifetime. So this guy has truly got to be fucking kidding me. But you know what? Here's the thing. He knows what I have said so often, that the voters in his state are idiots. They're morons. Okay, And I talk in generalities. Obviously, not every one of the 40 million people in California are morons. I'm one of them. Hello. But most of them are. And he knows that. He knows this. And he also knows that most of the people who would vote in, let's say, a Democratic primary are also idiots. So what he wants to show, I mean, he's going to states where he could never win in a general election, but he wants Democrats around the country to see what he's doing, right? Don't think it's such a great, courageous thing. And of course, he's going to places where he'd want to win a Democratic primary. It's quite obvious. This is why people have said to me for the past year, Mike, you are really holding strong that the nominees are going to be Newsom and DeSantis, not Trump and Biden. When everyone on the television, all these moron talking heads are saying, oh, Biden's definitely running. Oh, Trump's already run the primary. Have you heard this shit? Over last week, especially. Oh, this means Trump. Trump has been indicted. He's definitely this is so stupid. This is like, oh, Trump has been sentenced to death row. He's definitely winning now. It's so idiotic. So and of, and of course, they've been saying for months now that no doubt, no doubt Joe Biden's running. No doubt. No doubt. I'm telling you now, I'll say it again. If I'm wrong, I'll be here. I'm here five days a week. Try the veal. I'll, I'll tell you I was wrong. I'm sticking with my predictions from a year ago. Look it up. Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom will be the general election candidates. And I think I'm being proven right little by little because you've got this. uh, DeSantis is obviously in, obviously in, as he's gone to New Hampshire, Iowa, blah, blah, blah. And now here's Newsom, the governor of California, going to red states. Why? Why? In election year, election cycle time here. Why? So I'm telling you what's going to happen. I would not be surprised if even behind the scenes, Joe Biden has told him it's his and the party will make sure it's his. There's no doubt about that, because we see Democrats have said they can rig primaries. They're allowed to. So they'll rig this one, too. And Gavin Newsom will be the nominee. The Republican primary will be a, a more of a fair fight, just the way it was in 2016. The Republican Party hierarchy won't get involved, even though there are a lot of them who want to see Trump and a lot of them who want to see DeSantis. They won't get involved. And it'll be a real battle. And I believe DeSantis will prevail. So I'm telling you right now, the nominees are going to be DeSantis and and, and Newsom. Now, I was talking to Daniel over the weekend, and I said that I already like Ron DeSantis a lot. I don't believe in cults. I don't believe in the cult of a person, the way it happened with Trump and so on and so forth. But I will tell you now, if Ron DeSantis in one fell swoop, in one election cycle, takes out 
Trump and then Newsom, uh, he will ascend to godlike status for me. Ascend to godlike status. If he ends, well, he would definitely end. If he beats Trump, that's definitely the end of Trump. And I got to tell you, I know Newsom's younger and people run for president more than once. But I think it would be devastating to Newsom's profile, political profile, to lose. So that would it wouldn't necessarily totally end his career, but it would put a real big dent in it. Remember, the guy's never lost anything. So if he can do this in one election cycle, oh, my goodness, I will love him more than ever before. But, you know, I talk a lot about uh, Newsom. You know how much I despise the man. I despise him uh, a lot. You know that. I've even called him the hair Joe King of California. I've given him that nickname, which you'll hear other people on other stations say and not give me any credit for it. But that's okay. Hey, I'm not a petty person. I'm not a petty person. But I do want to maybe give someone else's point of view, someone who I like, uh, someone who ran against Gavin Newsom in the recall election and then won Congress in this last election cycle, Kevin Kiley. So Kevin Kiley writes on his blog, the deadbeat governor. So, and this is, this is Kevin Kiley. So in his latest plea for attention, Gavin Newsom has started a pack to fight rising authoritarianism in other states. The line between parody and reality has vanished entirely. I spoke on Fox News about this latest stunt from the governor, whose own pandemic policies were the most authoritarian in the country. And we now know they had absolutely no benefit. A new study finds California had among the worst COVID-19 outcomes. The harms, on the other hand, are felt in new ways every day. I spoke on the House floor about the latest an incompetence tax being forced upon California businesses. Here's what happened. Thanks to Newsom's lockdowns, millions of Californians filed unemployment claims. While Newsom and Julie Sue couldn't figure out how to get people their needed benefits, they showered criminals with $32.6 billion in fraudulent benefits. As a result, the unemployment fund became insolvent, and California had to borrow $18.5 billion with a B from the federal government. The state has now defaulted on that loan. Newsom neglected to pay it back, even with $97.5 billion in B, in, with a B, last year. But the feds want their money back. Under federal law, a deadbeat state like California is forced to pay back its loan via a tax increase imposed on businesses. Every business, large or small, must now pay a tax that could grow to $434 per employee. Meanwhile, Newsom's home of San Francisco just announced a $290 million deficit. It's losing people faster than any other major city in history. The San Francisco Chronicle says that the city could collapse. This is the model for the nation Newsom is pushing as he once again abandons his post, this time for a red state tour starting in Arkansas. And Biden is falling for it by elevating Newsom's chief enabler, Julie Sue. He's trying to impose California's failures on all of America. That's a nice little article about about Gavin Newsom in the words of, of Kevin Kiley. But not to be lost in all this is the fact that San Francisco is on the verge of total collapse, total collapse. Now, remember, keep this in mind while we're talking about deadbeat Newsom and, and not being able to repay loans and, and, and the deficit that San Francisco's in and that it might collapse. What is the prevailing story? that I spoke about last week, reparations, right? California paying something like, I don't know, several hundred thousand to half a million per black person, 
an estate of 40 million and San Francisco paying $5 million to at least a thousand black people here in San Francisco. So where's this money going to come from? Where's it going to come from? This is the thing. Once again, in a state that had reasonable people living in it. Now, I appreciate the people that left. I understand why they left. I'm right behind them. But the people who stayed here, who still live here and vote here, they accept all this. They think it's fine. They blame, as as London Breed just did on John Stewart's podcast, news. Uh, uh, they but they but Trump. They just blame Trump for everything. All the leaders have to do is say the word Trump, and the voters go, "Oh, that's why. That's why we're in such bad shape." It's not because of the hair gel king of California. It's not because of the. The, the deep, deep blue Democratic legislature. It's not about London Breed or, or the Board of Supervisors in, in, uh, in these cities, in, in San Francisco, or the, or the district attorneys in all these cities who let drug dealers run wild and rapists run free. It's not about them. It's about Donald Trump. Donald Trump said bad things. London Breed said Donald Trump called like San Francisco a shithole and that put it under the behind the eight ball. Are you serious? And people here believe this shit. They believe it because Trump used nasty words to describe San Francisco accurately, as I often do on Twitter and on this show that made San Francisco go into a downward spiral. Does that make any fucking sense whatsoever? People left San Francisco because Trump called it a shithole. People don't come here for vacation because Trump called it a shithole five years ago. Yet people here buy this crap. They buy it because they're morons. There's no other reason. I can't come up with a more intellectual name. I can't I can't go into the psychology of it any more than just by calling them what they are, which are morons. Which allows Gavin Newsom to do these stunts, which allows London Breed to blame Donald Trump for her own failures. Okay, it's the voters that allow it. You get the representation you deserve. The problem with that statement, and I've always thought it was a problem, is that those of us that don't vote for these people get it also. We don't deserve it. So that's the thing. So you either have to live in misery or leave. That's basically what it comes down to. Now, I don't think you should leave someplace every time your favorite candidate doesn't win, then move to the next place. But when it's over and over and over and over again, when people repeat the same mistakes, hoping for different results, they are insane. The people here are insane. The people in this city, the majority are insane. The majority of people in this state are insane, which is why so many people have left. And others want to leave. And I've said this a million times. Forget about the people who have left. That's the minority when you consider the amount of people who would love to leave but just can't because of personal circumstances. They have big families. They have children who go to schools. They can't change the schools. They have jobs. They can't change the jobs. They don't have the money to pick up and start somewhere else. Maybe they have a family home that they don't have to even pay. It could be anything. So if you add up in this state, the people who have left with the people who want to leave it's I, I can't imagine how big the number is but the problem is the people who stay here and want to be here it's it's problematic because they will not change their ideology they, they they cannot have their narrative broken that democrats are full of shit they can't no 
It's got to be the Republicans' fault, even though Republicans haven't run the state since Schwarzenegger, who wasn't even a real Republican, and the Republican hasn't run the city in San Francisco since, I think, the beginning of time. Yet their narrative must remain intact. You know, it's like their worldview is shattered if they, just for a second, say, you know what? Maybe these people don't have our best interests at heart. Maybe they don't. And they absolutely don't. They absolutely don't. There's no doubt about it. And we're seeing now one article after another written by left-wing outlets like the San Francisco Chronicle, like San Francisco could be on the verge of collapse. What should California do about it? So, They are now saying that things are so bad here in San Francisco that everything can collapse and fall apart. Everything. And you have the mayor, London Breed, responding to that today, saying, no, it's not. What they're calling it is a doom loop. I've never heard of that before. Has anyone heard about, you know, they come up with these new terms every once in a while, right? And I don't, I don't know where they get them from, but now they say it's a doom loop. <laughs> so that's where we are here. It sounds ominous that we're in a doom loop. I'm guessing that means, I'll read about it in a second, exactly what it sounds like, which is a loop of doom, where it keeps on going around and around and around. Things don't get better. keeps getting worse and worse and worse until things totally uh, fall apart. Uh, downtown, this is from the Chronicle. You know, they say downtown San Francisco is on the risk of collapsing and taking much of the Bay Area along with it. Experts say post-pandemic woes stemming from office workers staying home instead of commuting into the city could send San Francisco into a doom loop that would get gut its tax base, decimate fair, reliant regional transit systems like BART, and trap it in an economic death spiral. Who could have predicted such a fate? Anyone who paid attention to what happened in New York after 9-11 terrorist attacks. Like San Francisco, Lower Manhattan's financial district was once a nearly exclusive daytime hub for suburban office commuters and the businesses who fed them lunch and a ghost town after dark. Everyone knew that, right, about Lower Manhattan. If you go to Lower Manhattan, if you're a tourist, don't go to Lower Manhattan because during the week, it's, it's nice until about 6, 7 o'clock at night, then it's dead. And on the weekends, nothing's open. Okay, but that's normal, right? That all changed after 9-11. The attacks not only devastated lower Manhattan physically, they also threw into question the very logic of the neighborhood's urban fabric. Commuters, it was assumed, would never again want to work in office towers over fears of terrorism. So to stave off a doom loop of its own, New York came up with a vision for reinvention. The financial district would become a place where people actually lived as well as worked. Local, state, and federal officials rallied behind the plan. It took an estimated $20 billion with a B in public and private investments to fund this vision, which included two new train stations, public parks, malls, and once-in-a-generation tax breaks for developers to convert office buildings into apartments. The Federal Housing and Urban Development Department also distributed $281 million to incentivize people to live in the neighborhood. The area more than bounced back. It added about 60,000 residents who, perhaps unsurprisingly, needed little convincing to move to a climate-friendly, 24-hour neighborhood filled with pedestrians, restaurants, culture, nightlife, 
and easy access to public transit. The tragedy of 9-11 inadvertently revealed the glaring vulnerabilities and inadequacies of office-dependent 9-to-5 business districts and create a new model for making American downtowns more stable economic engines for local governments and fostering better, more compelling urban life. Unfortunately, San Francisco didn't get the memo. Despite the housing crisis, it was years into the COVID pandemic before our leaders meaningfully questioned the logic of reserving some of the most prized real estate on earth for fickle suburbanites and their cars. Downtown, after all, was San Francisco's golden goose. Companies in downtown offices accounted for 70% of San Francisco's pre-pandemic jobs and generated nearly 80% of its economic output, according to city economist Ted Egan. And so we wasted generous federal COVID emergency funds trying to bludgeon, cajole, and pray for office workers to return downtown instead of planning for change. We are now staring down the consequences for that lack of vision. The San Francisco metropolitan area's economic recovery from the pandemic ranked 24 out of 25, the largest reasons in the U.S., besting only Baltimore. According to a report from the Bay Area Council Economic Institute, in the first quarter of 2023, San Francisco's office vacancy rate shot up to a record high 29.4%, the biggest three-year increase of any U.S. city. The trend isn't likely to end anytime soon. Just this past January, nearly 30% of San Francisco job openings for hybrid or fully remote work, the highest share of the nation's 50 largest cities. Amid lower property, business, and real estate transfer taxes, the city is projecting a $728 million deficit for the next two fiscal years. Transit re- ridership remains far below pre-pandemic levels. In January, downtown San Francisco bar stations had just 30% of the rider exits they did in 2019. Uh, according to a report from Egan's office, many Bay Area traffic transit agencies, including Muni, are rapidly approaching a fiscal cliff. San Francisco isn't dead as of March. It was home to an estimated 173 of the country's 655 companies valued at more than a billion. Tourism is beginning to rebound. A new census data shows that San Francisco's population loss is beginning to slow. A sign that pandemic exodus may be coming to an end. But the city can't afford to wait idly for things to reach equilibrium again. It needs to evolve quickly, especially downtown. That means rebuilding neighborhoods fabric, which won't be cheap or easy. Office to housing conversions are notoriously tricky and expensive. Demolishing non-historic commercial buildings that no longer serve a purpose in the post-pandemic world is all but banned. And unlike New York after 9-11, San Francisco is a city that can't seem to stop getting in its own way. This is the city where it can take 87 permits, a thousand days of meetings, and a half million dollars in fees to build residential housing projects. This is the city, the only one in the state, that allows housing permits to be appealed even after projects are entitled. This is the city where it costs an estimated $100,000 to build one tiny home for the homeless, up to 10 times more than other Bay Area cities, and almost $1.2 million to build a single unit of affordable housing. This is the city that at one point celebrated plans to build a single public toilet for $1.7 million. Even with decisive action, New York couldn't dig itself out of its post-living hole alone. Generous state and federal interventions were required. But if you were the state of California and you're staring down a projected $22 billion budget deficit, would you invest your scarce resources in San Francisco, which has repeatedly proven itself unfit for such investments by building a vast, inefficient bureaucracy at the expense of taxpayers and vulnerable residents? No. Simultaneously, it makes little sense 
for California to allow one of the world's greatest cities to free fall and to allow climate killing Bay Area transportation patterns to persist for another generation. The state needs to intervene and offer San Francisco financial and technical assistance, but it can't save the city from itself. Local officials need to prove they're committed to change and present a compelling vision for maximizing state investments. Thankfully, we're finally seeing some action in that regard. In February, Mayor London Breed, this is the long thing. I'll stop in a second. I'll get to Daniel so I can take a break. But this is a good article. In February, Mayor London Breed unveiled a San Francisco reinvention plan that said is focused on ensuring downtown can accommodate the widest possible range of activities and uses. Last week, she followed up by proposing more than 100 changes to streamline the permitting process for small businesses, denouncing San Francisco's current process as criminal in a press conference. And on Monday, Breed and Board of Supervisors President Aaron Peskin introduced legislation to make it easier to convert office buildings to housing, fill empty storefronts in Union Square, and expand pop-up business opportunities. About 40% of office buildings in downtown San Francisco evaluated in a study would be good candidates for housing due to their physical characteristics and location and could be converted into approximately 11,200 units, according to research from ESPER and the Urban Land Institute San Francisco. New York's example demonstrates the multifaceted benefits of this type of transformation. More eyes on the street from residents will make neighborhoods safer after dark and allow for a greater variety of neighborhood small businesses. There will be benefits for public transit, too. Only around 18% of New York financial district residents own cars. But the Spur report also found most conversion projects are not financially feasible. Some constraints to conversion be addressed by Breed and Peskin's legislation. Still, there's only so much the city can do on its own. Failure to get buy-in from the state will almost certainly lengthen our doom loop cycle and squander the opportunity to improve downtown. So San Francisco is in bad shape, baby. If, if anyone wants to go to this, this is a long article. The Chronicle wrote this today, the editorial board. It's called San Francisco could be on the verge of collapse. What should California do about it? And then there's also an article that I'll read about London Breed saying the doom loop is not inevitable. And I have no faith in that. I think if London Breed says it's not inevitable, it's definitely inevitable. But before I get to that, I think Daniel wants it. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Yeah, um... If it's this bad in San Francisco, um, which it is as far as the budget, how bad um, do you think it is in Oakland, right across the Bay, for those that don't know the Bay Area? Right on the other side of the Bay Bridge is the city of Oakland, whose crime problem is uh, even worse than uh, San Francisco's is. Uh, So I wonder how they're doing on, on, on budget. There's a whole lot of talk about the crime problem in San Francisco, even though it's worse in Oakland. So I just have to imagine that their budgetary problems are, are just as bad as well. Um, I don't I don't see. I think I think they're in wor- I think they're in really bad shape. Oakland, too. I think Oakland yeah. might be in worse shape. I just don't. Do you see any way possible, given the the wokeness level of the city council? Do you see any way possible that there is going to be a political? Do you feel in your in your bones that there is any political solution to get out of this? That is, do you think they're going to reverse course, uh, city council, on their support for defunding the police and um, all the, the 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 woke nonsense? Cut cut back on the talk of a. Uh, reparations because they they know that's not happening anyway. Um, Do do you think there's any way possible that they're going to tone down the wokeness? Because I don't, I I don't think, I don't think any degree, 
any degree of reality whatsoever is going to be sufficient for these people to die back, dial back this ideology. Um, they, they could be, this, this could turn into, uh, you know, the, the, the Charles and Teston movie, uh, Omega Man, you know, it, it, it could, the city could look like that before those people would dial back on their crazed ideology. It is, they're that bad in this, in this city. One other thing I want to mention is that I, I, I don't know if, if, um, the shopping experience with this, which is something that I have noticed about San Francisco since, um, since moving here, I don't know if it's as bad. Um, in other parts of the country and world as it is here in San Francisco. I needed a um, a replacement um, cartridge for my electric shaver, a fairly new electric shaver. Got it about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the way home from ex- getting exercise, I've got about a four-mile walk. So I'm going by a, you know, a whole lot of Walgreens and CVSs, and I went by a Target. I couldn't find a single replacement. I went to 10 stores on, on the way home. Couldn't find a replacement uh, uh, cartridge for my uh, electric uh, shaver. Is it that is 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 this? It's not a supply chain issue. This is this is more Amazon uh, and uh, UPS and and USPS um, taking over um, the, the the shopping experience. Um, and I'm just wondering. To, you know, I haven't been much outside the Bay Area in, in the last year and a half, two years. I'm just wondering, is it this bad in other places in the country, in the world? Can you go Can you go and get what you need in, in your city on any given day? I don't know. You know, it is really bad here. You're right. I've noticed that. I've noticed that it's very tough to find a lot of stuff in the stores here. But I think I don't think it's a leap to say that it's because of Amazon. I think Amazon has really taken off a lot of, you know, uh, uh, people just are going to Amazon now because they don't want to actually go out and shop. You well, know? if you so, want bazooka bubble gum, the only place you get it is you order it on Amazon, it seems like. I you know. know. It, it, seems that, it seems like it's that bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I just reflexively go to Amazon these days because I'm not in the mood to have to go to seven different stores. And that's what you end up with a lot of these things. You go to one store, then you go, okay, this doesn't have it. I'll go to another store. So why go through that process of spending two hours going to all these different stores when you can just simply go on Amazon and in two minutes order it? I mean, there's very few things that you can't get on Amazon. And remember, all of it you'll get within 48 hours delivered to you. Two minutes you can order, but if you want clothes, I mean, I never order clothes unless I've tried them on first, which makes it so painful. To, to, and, and it's why it's why I am walking around for the last two years in a wardrobe that almost consists entirely of black T-shirts and jeans because mm-hmm. I, I can't I just can't find clothes. Um, if anything, I mean, you go, go the only shopping center we have really in San Francisco Besides a, a Target, and they are abysmal with respect to how much clothes, clothing they carry nowadays. I mean, it's just awful. Um, the only place you, you have to go to Westfield Mall, uh, and, and that's basically the only place. And, and you walk into every store, and they basically got this the same shit. Mm. Every single store. So it's it's more or less like just going to Target, where they got nothing, except for it's nothing in 30 stores. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think that's the clothing is a difference. I, I have ordered, I have a couple of times ordered sneakers, 
<laughs> you know about my favorite sneaker, sneakers and the seventy fifth pair. <laughs> yeah, on on Amazon. But the great thing is, you know, you can return it within like a month. You know, you get the money back, and and also Amazon has this thing for certain items, not all items, where you can actually try them for a week before you even pay for them. So if you know if it doesn't work out, you can just return it, and you don't even get you don't even get uh, charged for it. So it's they do, and I have noticed that. Nine out of ten times the sneakers fit, and I'd say most of the time the the jeans fit as well. If you know your size, you know it, it's probably going to fit. You might need a belt. Maybe it's better off getting a size too big than small. Whatever, but you can shop for clothes on on Amazon. Now, of course, it's better to go to a store. But once again, another issue is that Amazon's so much cheaper, and their variety is so vast. I mean, it's just you can get anything, you know, so it's it's very tempting. And I think this has created a lot of the problems also, you know, with um, with with businesses just not having. Yeah. A it's, it's, yeah. It, yeah it, it's 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 a problem that's occurring all across the country where, where commerce is just being killed. I mean, it's just being slaughtered by Amazon and the nail in the coffin. And this is, you know, Amazon is just one of the many businesses that took advantage of the co- chaos created by COVID, by COVID to, to profit off that chaos. And mm. it, it was just a moment that an opportunity that they saw to kill uh, local businesses and not just local businesses. We're talking about national businesses as well. But anything brick and mortar, they saw as, as an opportunity to kill it and kill it. They did. Small businesses weren't the only thing that that went out of uh, business. I mean, there's a lot of uh, chain stores that have been going out of business, too. And a lot of and even if the entire chain hasn't been going down, there's a lot of of, uh, um, uh, individual shops that have been closing down. Mm -hmm. Um, CVS, Walgreens, they're they're closing down all over the place around San Francisco. It's um, it's 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 just more of the same of. Uh, the internet just taking over our lives. And I mean, you talk about the convenience of Amazon, but you know, I think back to when I was a kid and I'm older than you are, but I think back to when I was a kid and here's how we went shopping. We were either just go to the the, the, the store and we mm-hmm. go to like a Macy's or a Sears or something like that. And we'd get what we need and we'd always find what we needed there or You could do something that you can. There is no way in hell that you can do nowadays. You would call up the store and ask them if they had something, something specific. You might say, oh, do you have a Adidas country running shoes in size nine? And they would say, hold on one moment. I will go check. And they would be back within two or three minutes. And they would tell you truthfully whether they had that. And if they did, they would hold it for you behind the cash register and put your name on it. This is how convenient shopping was back then. Shopping now is so inconvenient. I mean, you can talk about how Amazon's got lots of stuff and you can order it from the convenience of your living room. But you have to wait three, four, five, six, seven days you know, unless you want to pay, pay for unless you got Amazon Prime or you want to uh, pay extra to have it delivered within two days, you have to wait at least a day or, or two. And if you and if you need anything that day, forget it. It's not happening. That's well, how inconvenient except, except our convenient the, world is these days. Yeah, except for like the Amazon, you know, the, you know, the Amazon now and all the stuff where you can get things the same day. Some items are available 
either same day or the, the longest the next day, you know. So I don't know. It, it, I, I find this very confusing. Uh, I find it very convenient. And um, I've gotten 90% of what I need off, off Amazon. Yeah, You're yeah. right. If you need something right now, for some reason, like, oh, my God, I need this right now. Yeah, you can't go on Amazon. You can't go online. But you can go to usually, I, I mean, most things. What, what things do you need right now, though? Like, what, what, do you have any example of what you might need right now? Well, to today, my, my, the, the foil on my electric shaver broke this morning. Uh-huh. And, and so, um, so on my way back from work, I'm thinking, oh, God, I've got to pick one of these things up so I can shave. Um, and, and I can't find one. I went exercising and I went down to the panhandle to exercise on the way back. I thought, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, but you could target. buy, you could buy like another, you could buy like a temporary. So I had to buy a regular razor. Yeah, and, and, and so I'm going to be cutting my face up between now and Friday. Um, well, but the I whole mean, reason the whole reason I yeah. segged into this is that there 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 is our inane mayor, our incompetent mayor, mm-hmm. our almost criminally incompetent mayor, and our almost criminally incompetent city council in this city. And when you juxtapose this with everything else that is going on commercially. Um, because of Amazon's takeover, which they um, exploited uh, the, to the nth degree during COVID, this this city is just it doesn't it simply it's like it's like much of our world right now which, that doesn't know how to deal with um, our new communication systems and our new mm-hmm. media. It, it is it, we just have not adapted, and it, things are just happening too quickly for us to adapt to them. Uh, it's just, and we are just seeing, and, and the city is just such a microcosm of that chaos. Um, both the the commercial aspects of it, the um, um, the social aspects of, 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 of what that, uh, of what the internet is doing to our world, um, the um, political aspects of what this uh, internet is doing to our world. This city, seems to be the canary in the coal mine when it comes to all that in my opinion well it is and i have no faith in in the politicians here plus what was amazing i'm reading this stuff in the chronicle written today and there's no mention in any of these articles about how bad we are the shape we're in we have to beg for money there's nothing in here about their last two weeks of, of reparations discussions why because are they it's not going that? anywhere and it never no, was no, going why don't anywhere they at least say critically in the article as you or i would yet with the city being in this kind of shape, they seem to be more interested in something that can never happen. Why don't they even mention it? I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, they're interested in in, in, in it now, giving it lip service because they'll be able to turn around and say, oh, we tried, but, but bad bad luck. It was just a bad fiscal year for, for San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. That's not the reason. Trump. Trump is preventing the reparations. You know that's not <laughs> the reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have a mayor that goes on Jon Stewart, a lot of people listen to that show and says something as ridiculous as Trump sent us into a downward spiral by saying negative stuff about us on Twitter. I mean, how, how idiotic is that? Yeah, it's it, it, you have to know that the people you're talking to are dumb, that they're going to buy that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, we have a mayor right now who is admitting that she has let the city get so far out of control that she now needs federal help. She is calling for actual federal help and state help, but federal and state help specifically to do with the drug problem. 
that she has created in the yes. Tenderloin yes. area in a Hopeful. market street and in Soma. Right. She, she, she created this, but single-handedly, she created this drug problem. Single-handedly, she created the so-called homeless problem in this city. And, and, and she has just let it get so far out of hand, and there's no way to reel back this, this um, woke city council. Um, and and they're, now they're sitting there with their hand out, and, I, and, and, and I, you can bet that those, those woke city council people are thinking, well, if the federal government doesn't, doesn't bail us out, um, I guess it's uh, tits up for the city because we're not changing our ideology one freaking bit. No, it's once again, there's no I cannot see any way out of this. And I think I think we are going to be in this doom loop, whatever they're calling it, because I, I don't I don't see the people who run this city having any any. First of all, I don't think they care, Daniel. I don't think they care if the city goes down in flames. They'll be fine. They'll have their pensions. These yeah, are politicians well, who make way too much money for a city of this size anyway. Hey, wait a minute. Here, here's a great idea. When, when the city loses population, why shouldn't the salaries of the people who run the city go down? Why? You should get paid as much to run a city of a million as a million of a half million. Why is that? That makes no sense. People here, the, the, the politicians here get paid too much to begin with, even before the mass exit is here. But these people, their salaries should be cut. That's the first thing that should happen for this budget. Yeah, um, you and I had a discussion on the show, but it was probably uh, over two months ago um, where I wasn't calling it a doom loop. I think I was calling it a negative feedback system. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, pointing out all the uh, related parameters and variables that were negatively feeding back um, the, um, the loss of jobs from the uh, un unicorn industries that have been folding around here, um, the rise in crime. Um, the, um, the the fluctuation in housing prices, people wanting to bail quickly before their house value drops dramatically, so they leave the city. There's all these things that are negatively feeding back, and yeah, it may be impossible to prevent this the city from becoming the most geographically beautiful Chicago by the Bay. Well, and. Everything that Breed says is more political. I'll go through it. I'll read it just to go through the motions of this. But it's all political nonsense. It's you know, it's all political mumbo jumbo nonsense. Of, of course, it's like is. you know, I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Oh, I I think people want San Francisco to fail, but we know it's all this bullshit that politicians say just before they are an epic fail, before everything just totally goes to shit. You know, so. This uh, once again, I don't have any when you when they know that we're in bad shape, that our budget's in bad shape, that our city's crumbling, that downtown is non-existent, and they have the balls to go talk to hold meetings about reparations and even yeah, and talk about it. Forget about I know you and I know it's not going to happen, but just just the fact they have the balls to talk about it, which when is, we're in yeah. this kind of shape, shows what yeah. they're about. Which tells me that. Look, I, I think the city, could, if with the right people uh, making decisions, the city could certainly turn things around. But when, but what we are seeing from talk of reparations, these are just signals telling us that not, we're not going to lift a finger. The city council is saying we're not going to lift a finger to turn the city around. Yeah. We're not going. We're not going back on our woke principles. Nah, right. Not even right. one iota. We're, right. Matter of fact, we doubled down. Right. Right. 
They want it's just a really bad signal that they're sending to the members of our actual community, unlike the trans community. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an actual community here in San Francisco, <laughs> many, many actual communities here in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, they aren't made up communities, and they are signaling to us that, hey, we're not going to do a damn thing. Well, yeah, before a damn thing to save this city. Absolutely. And there's another story I'm going to get to after the London Breed response to this. And this, this goes to something you mentioned to me over the weekend. Well, you had said, maybe you can set this up for me. You said you had seen some activists um, practicing their. Yeah. Yeah. What was, and, what, was and, that, what, what was that all about? What was that all about? Yeah. So I was in the, the panhandle where, mm -hmm. where I work at. And on the east end of the panhandle, the panhandle handle is a part of Golden Gate Park that makes the park kind of look like a big pizza pan, the, the big wooden pizza things that they that they um, pan, that they uh, used to get pizzas out of those big pizza ovens. Um, so it's the panhandle of that big uh, uh, pizza, pizza, whatever you call it. Um, and so I'm down there uh, working out, and as I'm walking toward the uh, calisthenics there area, uh, there is a group of about 30 people, many of them men, wearing tutus and dresses, and they are all yelling "fuck you, fuck you" and pointing, and mm -hmm. it seemed to be, and it, it seemed to be a rehearsal for something. Mm -hmm. They were all coordinating, mm -hmm. and there was more, there was one guy coordinating the whole thing. And then we see this this um, thing that's that, that uh, a lot of people have been posting on Twitter. Uh -huh. I have no idea if it has anything to do with it, but it certainly seems to be inspired by who's ever inspiring these types of. I hate to call them protests. These types of um, uh, uh, of uh, why? Why do you think? That, hold on, sorry about that. Sorry, that, that? I, I, this is actually the video I'm going yeah. to. I don't think it'd be that friggin' loud. But what, but what you're alluding to is something that happened in, I believe, it was Vancouver, and this is where there's a guy. His name yeah. is Billboard Chris. His name yeah. is Billboard Chris. Okay. Um, if you go on his Twitter, you see Billboard Chris. He's got a Canadian and a U.S. flag icon next to his name. And what he does is he simply goes to these events and he he wears a billboard. He stands there. He just stands there and he wears a billboard that says whatever he believes in, whether his children should not be, you know, mutilated, whatever it could be. That's all he does. He stands there with his billboard. And there's something happened where he went to a trans rally of some kind, right, in Canada. And he's standing there with his billboard. And this trans woman or this woman, I can't tell if she's trans or not. She gets in his face and just starts chanting what you said you saw those people exactly. chanting. Exactly. Which was basically, I heard basically, F you, F you, F you, F you, yep. F you. Yep. So, and, and, and there was, and, and her uh, compatriots uh, were, were, were um, uh, yelling the same thing. It was this coordinated fuck you that they kept yelling over. This, this is what these people are. This it's a bunch of aggressive men in tutus, of really deranged people, and they are getting out there and they are getting in people's faces, faces, and they have no compunction whatsoever about reeling back the about using violence. They 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 will use, and it, it's as though they think they live in this world where. Um, I mean, it's taboo for for a man to to ever strike a woman. You could have a woman get in your face, and every man knows that you you're not going to hit a woman. You're just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's some freaks out there that do that sort of stuff. Um, they usually do it in the privacy of their own home, so that no one judges them. Well, um, but but um, you know, that's you yeah. know that that's a boundary you don't cross. These people 
are deranged enough to think that they are going to be given that same respect that a woman is given in our society. That's how deranged these people are. So they get in people's faces and they yell, fuck you, fuck you. And they think that people aren't going to fight back. They think that people do not see them for what they are, a man but, in a dress. But this guy, Billboard Chris, didn't fight back. He was to, I'll, I'll, I'll play the video. No, he, no, he didn't. He didn't right. fight. He didn't it's fight basically, back. But others, but, right. but many, many others have. <laughs> no, but, but this guy, but, but I think the point of this story is that, you know, Chris is standing there. And this woman gets in his face and she's screaming, fuck you, fuck you, fuck. Remember, he's not screaming in anybody's face. He's just simply standing there with a billboard. And she gets in his face, right like what, about like an inch away yeah. where you can spit in someone's face. And I thought in Canada, I thought Trudeau still was afraid of COVID there. I don't know. So she's basically spitting in his face and saying F you, F you, F you over and over again. What a, like a classy person might, right? And he's just standing there. And eventually she gets so upset that he isn't fighting back. That she she tries to strangle him. She puts her hand in his face. Okay, well, she, and he, she, he he ended up with like he, a little he like a, not not she. It was it was a dude. Was it? And, I can't tell anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It, I can't it, tell it was anymore. a dude, and, and he and, and he tried to throat punch um, Chris. Right, and Chris ended up with a little nip nick on his nose. But afterwards, he went to the police, and the policewoman says, "Well, show me evidence." And he goes, OK, if I show you evidence, will you do something about it? And she says, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. People get in these fights all the time. What can we do? So basically, and the police chief there took the officer's side, saying that it was a it was a mutual fight, like a hockey fight. It was it was it was. Yeah, even. roll, roll it was the even. video. Yeah, yeah, roll the video is all I can say. Yeah. But so so what I'll do, I'll, I'll play this, but you can't see it, obviously, here. But I will. As I described it, he's standing there with his billboard. She's screaming in his face, and eventually she assaults him. In other words, she put she, he, she, whatever, puts his hand on Chris's body first before anything else happens. So obviously that's assault. Well, he doesn't just right? he, he it's a he. He doesn't he. just put his hand on Chris. Chris Chris puts his hand up to, to, to say, Hey, you're in my space. And that's when he strikes Chris in the throat. Right. Or attempts exactly. to strike Chris in the throat, but he hits like such a girl. <laughs> he's got he's got that going for her. <laughs> uh, yeah, he hits exactly. Like such a girl that that that, that he strikes with by by um, using his arm only. That's not that, that's not how you hit. <laughs> and, well, and so it so it does absolutely nothing to Chris and. Chris is trying to avoid the whole violent situation anyway, so he's just trying to duck out of the situation. Um, he doesn't make any attempt to, to fight back, even though he, I think he was probably a good four inches taller than this other dude and in far better shape. <laughs> right. right. And remember, this is on the heels of a transgender person killing six people at a, exactly. a Christian school. Wait a minute. And most of the response from the politicians and the left-wing media is that the transgender community is under attack. Yeah, not the, yeah. Not the three yeah, nine-year-olds yeah. were killed, not the, not that six people were killed in a Christian school, all right? That, not that these people that were under attack and were killed by a transgender person, but it's the, actually the transgender person who was under attack. This yeah, is a did you see, crazy fucking world we live in. Did you see Unheard? Um, they published a good article about uh, the violence against uh, trans, so-called transgender people. And uh, it, it doesn't look, it looks like, <clears throat> if anything, the most studies are, are showing that the rate of violence 
against transgender people, big quotes there, um, is less than that against the rest of the population. Of course it is. Well, that's and, the, and, and so there's, there's I didn't whole, even need to whole. see a study, Daniel. I didn't need to see the study. Of course it is. It's not even close. I mean, per, per, per capita, it's, 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 it's actually less. It is safer to be a so-called transgender person than be a, 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 a um, right. And also on top than of being horses. freaking normal. Let, let, let's say it like Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes, it's it's suck, crazy versus normal Anders. now. Let's suck a bee. Anders. Huckabee, yeah, suck a bee, Huckabee, whatever. Huckabee. I hope Huckabee. <laughs> but also, remember this also, since we talked about San Francisco tonight, City Hall, as you know, over the weekend, were lit up in transgender colors, the transgender, uh, whatever that is, community that you love so much, colors, whatever those colors may be. Uh, once again, as though the transgender community was under attack, not a Christian school, not, not three, the three nine-year-olds weren't killed by a transgender person. I, I, I never thought... I see a world so upside down. Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole, whenever I hear transgender community, I just think, what the fuck are they talking about? But yeah. they have bake sales. Are they doing barn raisings? No, they're a bunch of individual people that have severe mental problems, severe mental problems. And they're trying to make it legal for in, in this state for, and for parents to not be notified of, of uh, mental um, struggles that children are having in school, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make it legal for hospitals to initiate and clinics to initiate so-called transitions, whether it be medical or surgical, without without parents' notification, without no chance for the parents to discuss. That is what these freaks are trying to do. And I, I'm sorry, I I, I never called. When, when you know, during the, the 60s and the 70s, when gay rights organizations were, were, were forming, I would never have called people that were gay, lesbian, bisexual freaks. Never. But these people are freaks. And they're well, freaks because they're suffering from a mental disorder, well, severe mental disorders, if not at least look, one, many mental look, disorders. Also, there's a way of acting like a freak and acting yes. freakishly. Yes. And- and this, this, that is and, pretty much the definition of who's a freak. It's your and behavior. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember many gay pride parades in New York, and there was always this small contingent of these like protesters that would usually uh, uh, set up at St. Patrick's Cathedral, where the parade used to go by. And I don't ever remember what I remember. And I, I, I don't think my memory. I think my memory is correct. The the people the 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 people protesting or the people in the march would just simply walk past each other. No one would ever get in anyone's face and say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It didn't happen. And it was always a kind of a funny thing because you'd have, you know, maybe two or three million people at the pride parade and you have like 50 people protesting it. So it was ever, it was always very silly. It's New York, you know, so no one ever took it seriously. But th- this group now of these transgender militants are so bad the proof being what you were seeing practiced. They were practicing cursing in people's faces. Now, this must be, Daniel, you can't tell me this is a coincidence that over the weekend, you saw this method, if you will, being practiced in San Francisco. And then today we see this happening in Vancouver where this person was doing exactly what you saw them practicing. 
Okay. So no, there's this no is way it's a coincidence. Yeah, no, this, this is something this is, much more militant now, much more yes, violent. Yes, yes, yes. It's definitely right. a, a strategy that they think uh, that they should adopt. Uh, right. And why are they adopting it? Because for the most part, these are so-called trans women, that is men, that are out here. They're doing this, yelling the fuck yous. Um, and they think that they can get away with it. Um, I, I don't <laughs> I think they're going to find out that they can't. Um, and 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 it, also, it, uh, Daniel, I, I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I want you to stay with me on this. And I'll play this video. <laughs> and I, I, I want to warn people. It's a lot of cursing, even more cursing than I do. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't understand. I understand what a lot of the groups of the 70s and 80s and even 90s. I understand a lot of what they were protesting. Right. Because they didn't really have a lot of equal rights. They could they could have been they were fired from their jobs sometimes, especially in outside big cities. They were treated poorly. There was the AIDS thing where they went after Fauci, even though those same people that went after Fauci in the 80s, 90s were now on his side with COVID. They seem to have forgotten what he did to the gay what he did to gay men and women in the uh, in the 80s and 90s and how he how he killed them. But we saw a lot of real issues. Right. Those were real issues. AIDS was a real issue. You know, funding for AIDS was a real issue. Equal rights in the 70s and 80s for gays and lesbians was a real issue. What is the I don't, maybe you can help me with this. What is the issue here? What rights are under attack for the transgender community? I don't get it. That it they're is, not allowed to dominate women in women's sports. Is that one of them? No, it, it's not about uh, uh, so-called trans people not having rights that we do. They have every single right that that um, that we have. What they want is special rights, and those right. special rights, those special rights are hideous. Those right. special rights aren't even rights for themselves. Those special rights are rights giving, given to the medical industrial complex to mutilate children. That is what they want. They want rights given to the school system to suppress telling parents about child, their children having mental and emotional difficulties. That is what they want. This isn't this isn't about trans rights. This is about the rights of the school system. This is about the rights of the medical industrial complex to abuse children. But I would I would never have accepted and the world would never accept it. And it never it never happened. I don't remember in the 80s and 90s. I remember gay rights groups saying, well, we want to put pornography in kindergarten. We want to put pornography in junior high school and high school libraries. We want to put gay porn in the library for the for the for the young people who are you know might be gay or lesbian to feel better about themselves we want to put books there about two boys fucking two girls fucking they 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 never went there they never went there but these no. groups are actually going there no, they the, think that stuff is okay yep yep i t totally agree i mean that's that's the history that we all know about uh, gay lesbian bis bisexual organizations they were just, for the most part, saying, "Hey, look, um, stop beating us up, <laughs> and uh, and and stop firing us from our jobs just because we've come out." Right. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember this indoctrination of children. Do you? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't recall any of that. Well, not not <laughs> just the indoctrination, but the abuse of children, and that is what that is what the special right that they're asking for. And it's not even for themselves, like I pointed out. They want the medical industrial well, complex. They want. They want institutions to have the right to abuse families and children. 
Right, but the better question to ask these people when they're when they when they take a break from saying "fuck you" in your face is, what rights don't you have? What rights do I have right now that you don't have? And they can't answer because there are none. Like you just of said, of course they can't. Of course they can't. Please tell me. And, and this tell, is, you know, you know th- this is a yeah. good. This is a good. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with a good seg back to where we started here. This is what our city is preoccupied with more than saving its its soul, more than saving its economy, more than uh, uh, pulling us back from the brink of chaos with respect to crime and drug use and fentanyl deaths. More than all that, these people are concerned with so-called trans rights, where there is no right whatsoever that is in jeopardy. Right. Good. Well said, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Vlad, I'll get to you in a second, but I want everyone to listen to this. Vlad, listen to this too. This is, so this is, this is, uh, you might lower because this is going to be kind of loud once I cue it up. This is what happened in Vancouver. Let, let me, let me set this up. Let me set this up here and I'm gonna give two thumbs up. No, wait, I'm going to give seven to eight, 12 for, for Daniel's call. That was a good call. Okay. All right. Um, this is a this was written in red state today. I'm sure you've seen this if you watch Fox. You have not seen this if you watch CNN and MSNBC and ABC, NBC, CBS. A transgender militant violently attacks a man and the police blame the victim for his own assault. <laughs> Militant's transgenderism has become a lot more visible over the last week after a transgender man killed six people, including three children at a Nashville school on Monday. Astonishingly, in the wake of that tragedy, the mainstream media in the White House have been hard at work trying to make the transgender community out to be the victims. Just days after the shooting, multiple state capitol buildings were stormed by left-wing activists, including transgender activists. The Biden administration then spent all of Friday plugging Trans Visibility Day while largely ignoring the victims in Nashville. In fact, they won't even talk about them. Meanwhile, militant transgenderism continues to get more violent. In Canada, a counter-protester was assaulted by a transgender woman, i.e. a man. There you go, Daniel. That would be bad enough. But it's the police response that is truly mind-blowing and scary. If you can watch the video, I'd recommend, I'll just set this up now, not giving the language being used. What it contains is a man standing around doing nothing but filming while wearing a sign Okay, that's that's uh, Billboard Chris, Billboard Chris, uh, wearing a sign. The crown begins to chant, as you'll hear, F you in his face, with one transgender activist getting especially close. Then out of nowhere, that transgender activist, that man, assaults him and trying to grab the camera. According to reports, police not only did nothing, but they later bragged on camera about it, claiming that the victim had incited the attack simply by standing there. Nowhere in the video is the victim screaming at the transgender activist. But even if he did so prior, how does that excuse a violent assault? I know Canadian laws aren't the same as American laws, but I'm pretty sure assault remains a pretty straightforward crime in the Great North. If you physically attack someone, it doesn't usually matter if they hurt your feelings beforehand. Yet the cop in question smugly stands there refusing to do anything. Well, we know Canada, this is my, these are my words now. We know Canada's become a fascist state under Trudeau. We know that. This is just another example of the absurd ongoing attempt to make the increasingly hostile transgender lobby out to be victims. These people are not victims. They're deranged, mentally ill individuals trying to force their delusion and everyone else under the threat of violence. The White House should be calling that out instead of celebrating it. 
Ask yourself where all this leads. How will normal people react when pampered, politically connected groups of transgender activists continue to assault with their way of life, including physically? I suggest that leads nowhere good. This isn't about hate. It's about forcing trans. It isn't about forcing transgender people to live in a certain way. What it's about is a basic respect for objective reality. Men can't become women, and it is not inciting violence to say that, nor is that an excuse for violence anyway. Something better change soon because these tensions are only growing. And now I'll play the video. Um, yeah, okay, here it is. So this is the video. Okay. Go ahead. That kind of representation. I mean, it uh, clearly was uh, aggressive violence. You suck. You suck. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're not wanted. Fuck you. You're, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. I don't know what to say. Fuck I guess you. these police officers fuck are mostly you. indoctrinated as well. They're afraid of the mob. I think, I think they're afraid that if they do anything to actually keep law and order, they'll end up being on the end of this verbal abuse. So it's just cowardice from everybody all around. People probably want to know, how do you keep your composure? How do you keep your composure? Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! This is the assault part happening. The, the the man, the transgender, the man put his hand in Billboard Chris's face. And then everything, all hell breaks loose. But what you heard there, the F-U-F-U-F-U with them chanting it, that's exactly what Daniel saw them practicing in San Francisco over the weekend. Now, this is in Vancouver. So this is the me- this is their method. Their method is when you see someone who is protesting us, our community, or has an opposing view that we have, you get in their faces and everyone just starts violently and threateningly tran- uh, chanting, fuck you, directly in their face. Now, I don't know if the part where at the end of it, you put your, your hand in their face is part of it. Probably not. But that's what happened here. That's what happened here. But I, I, would, I would say just that method of getting in people's faces and screaming F you is, of course, incredibly trashy, uh, uh, you know, tr- classless, disgusting, and also I find threatening and violent on its own. OK, so but it will lead to more things like this happening. Uh, and then the guy goes to the cop and the cop basically says, well, there's nothing we can do. Let me see the video. Even, even if I see the video, I don't know. P- these things, scuff- scuffles happen all the time. And, and they finally came to the conclusion that Billboard Chris was screaming at the trans militants, even though he was just standing there talking to the media person who was interviewing him. Okay. So chanting, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you is, is in someone's face, according to the police is the same. And then, and then punching them in the face or hitting them in the face is the same as someone standing there with a billboard talking to the media calmly. Once again, we see this impending, this fascism that's happening in, in, uh, in uh, places like California, blue states, where they were practicing this in the streets, and in Canada, which has become a totally fascist state under Justin Trudeau, under the Hitler wannabe in blackface. So, Vlad, how's it going, Vlad? What are you... How are you doing, Mike? Good to see right. you. Good to get Pretty to good. You again. It's kind of sad that, that it's coming down to this, but I, I believe this, this, this might eventually 
incite the, the next civil war. And don't lose, honestly. Um, well. but this, this will, this will bring out the Antifa, the BLM, the trans, LGTB, but they're to lose, to be honest, because they have no respect for our country, no respect for our armed forces, nor, nor do they have any type of similar training. As much as they might have guns and all this, this is what it's going to come down to. What happened a week ago is uncalled for. Thank God they took that monster down. And, and, you know, unfortunately six lives had to lose, uh, but now they're going to have to redo the whole thing with schools, really, uh, because they will be a threat. And with the leniency that they have in the school system, they'll, they'll go in and they'll get a free card and walk in with guns. Mm. The schools, both public and private Christian and private schools in general will have to have some kind of, uh, especially the conservative Christian. I don't, I'm not, I'm not worried about the liberal wing. They could destroy that garbage. That's not even Christianity, uh, progressive Christianity or anything. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the schools where, where they, where they kill the children. They're going to have to have, be armed to the truth. You, you know, and, and, and Congress will have to make, you know, a set of money. Not, you know, for the schools, but not, you know, for education necessarily or administration. It's going to have to be for security, armed security. Well, because if this is the way they want to go, this, these sickles, they don't need, like Danny was saying, I agree 100%. They want special rights. They don't deserve special rights. Special rights, and I hear it mentioned here on calling by all these socialists, all these pseudo pseudo-intellectuals, all these, uh, what you call synthetic leftists, mm-hmm. like, Bra- like Brady likes to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he should know his own, of course. The, the whole thing is, a lot of these are always advocating for ERA, e- Equality Rights Act. Why do they want super act? You know why they want super rights? Well, they want super rights by, by, by the ERA, so they'll do the shit that, that w- w- like what's going on with the schools. They'll go against the parents the parents will have no power. The schools will have the power with the trans. The schools will be the determining whether the, the, the children, you know, get indoctrinated through the LGBTQ curricula and trans. That means the grooming. That means using trans and people that are for in, 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 psychi- in, in psychiatry and psychology for to push the agenda, right. affirming them, brainwashing them, indoctrinating them. And making them in, in, you know, more, more, more of their own mm-hmm. by lying, by confusing the children. That's what's going to happen. One, and the parents' rights out the door, and don't use and anything in the in, in the government to weaponize the Department of Child uh, Protective Services to do that. The other thing too, what what might happen is they'll be able to march it into any church and demand to get married in a conservative church that does not allow for that. Okay, that's the kind of special rights they want. Another type of special rights is when they meet up with, with people in, biz, in business, right? I'm going to use the situation, the case of, of, uh, of, uh, Master, Master Cake, uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado, uh, Jack Phillips. Uh-huh. He's still in court, in the Supreme Court. And it's going to be, I think, going to be determined the second part of that same case. He won the first one. I know he's got to win the second one in June. What happened? What did they do? Well, they'll just go in and you don't want to bake a cake for me, you know, and then they'll, they'll, they'll try to come on you like crazy. They already demonstrated that in Colorado. The human rights uh, organization, civil rights, everything just came down down, down on Jack Phillips. 
That's the kind of abuse. They don't want nobody to hold them back. They want that's the position that, that's power. Very, Vlad, that's very interesting, that cake thing. So yeah. these people complain because it's baked and, one And not to mention the, the beautiful lady who, who owned a, a photography in Oregon. Yeah. It's wherever they want to, as long as they use the LGBTQI, ABC letters, you know, uh, card, anywhere that they go, anywhere that they march in. Why? Because they've always wanted the positions of power. I don't know if you notice these people. Yeah. They want the positions of power. So once right. they get, come into power, they make the laws to favor them and yeah. to go against traditional they marriage. They're there to subvert. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah love they're telling, there to subvert. Yeah. yeah they go love on, telling like, small businesses what to do. We saw it during COVID, exactly. right? You must exactly. close. You must only do outdoor. You must only allow 10% indoor. You must wear masks. You must, you must bake us a cake. They want to tell the small business owner it's their fucking business what to do because you put your finger on it. They want power. They, this is this is the this is the this is the authoritarianism we're seeing from the left, which is why it's so laughable when the hair gel king of California goes to red states to try to tell them how authoritarian they are. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. They they they're the people that want to do. If you've ever looked at their calendar, they, they would love, they would not only want Pride Month in the month of June, they would like something out of every month of the year for them to be recognized. That's, that's the stupid pride that they talk about. Unaccomplished anything. Normally when you have, when you're proud of something like Dennis Prager said, you normally, it's because you accomplished, you worked at something. Yeah. Not because of some sexual act. You know what I mean? Well, it's because normally it's like marriage. And you mark my words, they're not going to be happy. These trans community activists, these, these um, uh, stormtroopers, they're not going to be happy much longer with just being part of the LGBT community, in quotes, and being part of like gay pride parades. They're going to want their own weeks, their own months, their own parades. That they're going to want to raise up the flag anywhere that they yes, want. To, that's, coming. Public, that's coming. Public squares in every building, in every level of government. You know, they're not their own country. I don't think so. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. No. They, you know you know what Trump did to, to do away with the flag? Well, they want to do the opposite. They want it to be at every embassy. I don't think so. The world doesn't want that nonsense. You're not your own country. You want your own country that started from scratch. You could use that flag if you want to and, 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 and bring all other people that agree with you with that movement. No, they just want my right. What right? There, there's nothing written on the on the book for your right. They want a super right above everybody else, it, which is not even has never been worked for, has never been a struggle. They just want it because they feel they, they deserve it. Entitlement, a sense of entitlement. It comes with a lot of these generations, Gen Z, millennial. I don't think uh, Gen X is really pushing that, but they're there too as well, and boomers to a certain extent. But this is what we're going up against, a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. When they start touching the kids, that is the last part. They want a right to uh, drive screen story hour. That's what they want. And for you not to say anything, and the moment you open your mouth, Mike, you're a transphobe, a homophobe, and they should arrest you. Look at what they're doing to Christian pastors right now and people, Christian people in Burnham, I think it's called Burnham Mouth, uh, UK. They have the special area in front of the in front of the abortion clinic where you cannot even you cannot even pray genuflect 
as a Christian, Catholic, whatever is your Christian denomination. And guess what? Because the moment you do symbolism, you do any, any, any liturgy, any prayers, any, any, you hold gatherings of vigil to pray against, uh, you know, abortion and baby killing and all that, immediately you're arrested. Talk about crimes of conscience. What are we coming down to? This is a form of persecution. Well, what are we coming down to? That's in the UK. If yeah. you don't think it's not going to happen here, my friend, you're, you're, I know you're right. You, you know what's going on. You're not a dumb man. You're very smart, Mike. You, you do your research. So right. I'm pretty sure you've come down to this. But for those that don't know, you better, you better start researching. This is what I tell everybody. Wait the hell up. These people won't be happy until they put us under the blade. Okay. Well, and I think a big, I think a big part of this is, is the destruction of the family. And I, I, I talked about this last week that a lot of these trans people, and this is just a basic general psychological profile, were often abused when they were young. It could be by a father, it could be by a priest, it could be by anybody, and that's part of the psychological profile. But I think they have a, a very negative view, many of them, of the family unit. And a lot of the stuff that's going on with the trans community, as Daniel and I just spoke about, is pushing their ideology on children, right? Correct. And also, it's 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 uh, usurping the parents, right? It's mm-hmm. it's giving the parents fewer rights because they truly they have a psychological hatred, I think, for the family unit because they had such shitty childhoods. Okay, they had Correct. such shitty childhoods that have left them so damaged that they don't really believe in the family unit. And we've seen this from a lot of these people and from a lot of leftists, a lot of left-wing politicians who say, oh, parents can't be trusted to decide what their children should learn in school. Parents should be trusted to decide what books are put in the libraries of, of, of middle schools and, 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 and high schools. Parents can't be trusted. It's the government that has to tell the parents. It's the, go- the government has to be the parental unit. And that's what a lot of these activists believe in. They believe them and the government, backed by the government, should be the parental unit, not the actual parents. And right. so that's what we saw, saw play out in, in Virginia with the Yunkin uh, election, right? They said, yeah. no, the people in Virginia, a very, very centrist to blue state for the most part, said, no, 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 no. We believe in parental rights. The parents have the right to decide what's best for their children, not a community or the government, the parents. And, and, and believe me when I tell you this, uh, Mike, if people go to sleep, this is where they grow strong when people are not awake. I believe that we won a battle, and you know how they say, don't, don't go to sleep, don't, 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 uh, you gotta up your ante. You know, get better. Yeah, up your ante. Yeah, yeah up yeah. your ante. No, well, this is the thing with them. They're looking at us and studying us to where, to see where they fail. Right now, not only because of what happened at the killing, which they should have got the blame, but of course they, you know, with our president and every every everything on CNN and the and the, and the left wing news media, got the media government complex, like Dr. Michael Savage calls it, which is true, it's gonna favor them. So now it, the problem was Christianity. So instead of being, they being called Christophobes, Christian haters, anti-Christian, it's the trans that, that you see what you did to the trans. So yeah, they're going to try to justify the killings that they do. Right. That's how they look at it. 
Thank God that those two police officers were able to put that thing down, kill well, it like a dog. Right, but thank this, God. This is this is the double standard. Once again, if that person, if 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 you if they went on that person's Facebook or Twitter after and found yeah. out they were Trump supporters or Republicans, that would be the never-ending narrative. That look at look at what these horrible right-wing fascists are doing. They're killing our children. They love guns. It's all mm-hmm. the fault of Trump and the Republicans. But since it's a transgender person, they simply forget. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, the narrative goes away that what the person was all about matters at all, that anything about them matters. It only matters if they're a Trump supporter or a Republican, right? If they're a Democrat, if they're a liberal or if they're transgender or gay or lesbian, whatever, forget it. Then they don't talk about that. Then they don't talk about the person or their background. But that's bad enough. But what we're seeing here is this crazy, wacky, uh, upside down world where it's the transgender community. That's under attack. That is that shooter that was under attack. Not the not the people that person killed. This is how fucking insane things have become, Vlad. Well, well, think about it. This is what I was saying in another show that they hated me for. I, I didn't publish it. It's called Gun Rights versus Trans Rights. Mm-hmm. The Aberdeen shooter, trans, non-binary. There was two two Colorado incidents. Okay. Remember the famous Aurora? And yes. there was another one, I think, in Boulder. Yep. Both trans. They, at I least know. that's what they said. Yep. The national shooter, trans. And mm-hmm. they, it's possible, too, that Duvaldi shooter, that guy, Romero, I think it is, Salvador, yeah. trans as well. There might be five to six related to the trans well, I think, community. I think there were at least two or three yeah. recent ones that were yeah. verified. That were verified. Correct. Not Correct. rumored. So, totally mm-hmm. verified. Yeah. So they don't they don't want to say, you know what, they don't want to, you know, fess up and they don't want to man up to and take responsibility for those people. Now, if remember, that's the case, Vlad, uh-huh. it's such a small minority community for them to have committed a few of these recent mass shootings is is actually statistically significant. It really is for such a small community. There aren't that many trans people in this country, let alone to have committed two or three of the most recent mass shootings, which on their own are, 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 are uh, rare. So it's, it's, it, it's absolutely a problem. But as you're saying now, and I've said many, many shows now, is that we can't even talk about this. Well, we talk about it, but you're canceled if you talk about it, right? You're, exactly. you're ignored if you talk about it. You can't talk about this. You can't discuss it. You can't see if it's a problem. They won't even release the manifesto. Because you and I know the kind of stuff that's in that manifesto. If that manifesto said, Trump, we love Trump. I love Trump. Trump's the best. I'm a Republican for life. They've released that manifesto in five seconds. But you and I know there's stuff in there that they don't want us to see. Because it will shatter their narrative. Let me let me tell you one thing. Right now, I was reading today. Uh, I don't know how old this article was. In Poland, the way they're dealing with the trans is... The, the child has to, usually a teenager, most likely, if mm-hmm. they could afford, sue the parents to get a sex change. You know that the, the, a, a child at that age, teenager, is not going to have the means. Nor the yeah, how, how, how is a teenager going to have the money? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you need, even though you need parental, mm-hmm. you, you, you need the parents to be involved, you know. But my, uh, question so, is, my question is, Vlad, are there groups that will provide lawyers? Exactly. That 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 would be the thing. 
if, if you could get a case. So they only had one case scenario of a, of a, of a trans woman, uh, uh, sorry, of a trans man, a woman biologically who was trying to get, and she went, and, and he went through, quote unquote, I'm saying a trans man through loopholes to, to, to get his documentation. They finally provided him, but it took him over three years. I would say the United States should be almost like Poland. Make it so damn difficult and castigate the doctors and the lawyers involved yeah. that be willing to destroy a person's identity mm-hmm. and give them a fictitious, because that's what it is. The right. delusion is a fictitious, it's a fucking lie. And it has to be dealt with with what it with what it is a lie. Yeah, we are people of truth, and it's, not it, of we, lies. We need, we need more people like Daniel and myself, you know, who used to be on the left or who who uh, always supported, you know, gay rights, lesbian rights, bisexual rights, to come out and say, "Well, this is a totally different situation. This is a totally different situation. This is about not equal rights, but special rights." And pushing your lifestyle on minors, right? Pushing your lifestyle on children, calling it discrimination. When we're not, when when a, a governor like um, Ron DeSantis makes it illegal to talk about this stuff to kindergartners through through second grade, right? We have to make we have we need more people who were very pro LGB rights to come out and say no, 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 no. Enough is enough. This is a wholly, whole different world now. This is a whole different world. And like I said, the question to, the, the question that you may have asked to gay, lesbian people back in the 70s and 80s is, what rights do you have that I have that you don't? And they would say, well, I got fired from my job when I came out. I can't get a job because I'm gay. They have all these actual, real, viable things that they were concerned about where their rights weren't equal. But you can't. Ask these people now to their face in, in between the fuck yous, if you can get it in. What exactly, what rights do I have that you don't? Please tell me. I'll, I'll help you fight for them. What are they? And as Daniel said, though, they don't have the answer for that because they don't want equal rights. They want special rights and they want to push their psychological disorder on, on, on children. That's what they want to do. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, Mike, I worked with for about uh, five years out of six years at Starbucks between uh, 2006 and 2012. I worked at about two uh, different stores that, you know, and the last five years that I worked there, I worked with a lot of homosexuals and a lot of LGBTQ, basically a community, no trans necessarily, but mostly LGBTQ. And from what I got to see, do you remember here in California? I, I'm pretty sure you were around. Remember Prop 8? Of the legate, of yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, okay. That was the biggest fiasco. I think it was 2008, 2009 around. Right. right oh right. my goodness. You should have seen how, how they were because we, we all got along normally. Mm-hmm. But as soon as this thing came out, a lot of things came up. And I was like, well, you know what? I stand on my Christian values. I'm sorry. <laughs> Marriage has always been between a man and a woman. That's that. Nobody's changing me from that, but they just couldn't accept that. They couldn't accept, they couldn't be tolerant. There was a lot of bickering behind ground. And I'm like, guys, I know we get along, we work well, and I hope to stay this way, but don't, you're not going to change me. You're not going to change my conviction. So I started getting a lot of hatred and other people too. As light as we were, as respectable as we were, they just didn't want to accept that we weren't in favor of them. And I, and I told them very clear, honestly, give me a number statistically where really gays want to marry. 
Javi saw 100% of the people. And you know what the truth is, even back then, like now? It doesn't change much. They don't, they're not into marriage. Even that guy that made the movie Brokeback Mountain, remember? The one with uh, Heath Ledger? Yeah, yeah. He even said it. He did it on purpose to subvert. That, that was his mission. Their mission is to subvert tradition, to, sub, to subvert the traditional family. That is their mission. And they want to destroy. Their mission, too, is when you get to know them, as you get to know them, they befriend them over time. They really, in their sick mind, they believe, they, they believe that we're, we heterosexuals are really in denial. So in other words, people like you, Mike, like Daniel, like me, we got it all wrong. In other words, we don't want to come out of the closet. That's the perversion of them. So, so all our lives, we're really playing, we're, we're really acting stupid and in denial and we're being homophobic because we really don't want to come out of the closet. That's their sick mind. That's how it works. So they project their, their, their proclivity, sexual proclivities and, and degeneration and they assume and they wa- want to play that role and they, they'll tell you that. I mean, that's how they feel, but I've heard it in several circles. That they really feel that hetero, heterosexuality, it was a social construct. That's the famous words that you, you hear about now, psych- psychological, uh, circles in school, you know, academia and, and, and anybody that took a humanity, sociology class, yeah. you'll hear that well, bullshit over and over. Go ahead. Yeah. Vlad, thanks for the call, by the way. I appreciate it. You got it. Man. Thank you. Well, the thing that's once again hypocritical is that what have we heard a lot about from the gay and lesbian community, right? That's biological, right? It's, it's biological. You're born heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, whatever, and that's it. Okay, great. Well, let's uh, extend that to, like, uh, gender. You're born male. You're born female. You're born male, female. You're not born male and then decide you're female. Or decide you're born female. So if you, if you take that biology, the way you're born is the way you're born, to the logical conclusion, then you're born a man or a woman. Period. Just like if you're born gay or 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 bisexual, that they don't believe, right? They 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 spent many years now telling us it's not environmental or that it's not obviously something you just say, oh, I want to be this or I want to be that. It's the way you're born. So if you are born gay, then you're gay. You can't be straight. If you're born heterosexual, you can't be homosexual. If you so once again, the logical extent of that is you're born the gender you are. Nah, they don't want to say that. They want to say, oh, no, you could be something else. No, no, it could be wrong. No, God didn't fuck up with uh, sexual orientation, but he fucked up with gender. This is what these people, this is the illogic that these people have. And once again, you certainly can't get that through to them, right? Because they have no logic. The left in general has no logic with anything. There's no logic with anything. So you can't get this through to them. All they want to do, and this is what they do, I'll end, I'll end the show on this, but this F-U, 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 F-U thing, of course it's crass, it's disgusting, it's vile, it's violent and threatening, but it's simply because they can't debate the issues, and we see this from them. Over, the F-U is another you're blocked, it's another you're canceled, it's another you're deleted, that's it, right? We don't go any further than the curse. We don't go any further than cursing. We can't discuss the issue because they can't, because they lose all the time. They lose all the time because there is no logic, okay? There's no uncommon sense with it all, nothing. There's no consistency. It's all hypocrisy and double standards and 
just bile, basically. That's what their whole quote-unquote community ugh, is about. You're right, Daniel. That word community is is disgusting. I can't give it. I can't give anything a thumbs down. It seems so. I'll just. I'll give my comment to thumbs up. <laughs> oh boy, really? It's not easy out there anymore. It's not easy, and it's going to get worse because what's going to happen tomorrow or later today, depending on when you're listening to this Tuesday, is that Trump will be uh, put through the uh, process. He'll be arraigned. We'll find out what's in the indictment. I, I wanted to get to some stuff about fundraising because all we've heard is, oh, Trump's fundraising has gone incredible, gone straight through the roof since he was indicted. He's raised $5 million. Well, I'll read a little bit about the kind of money Ron DeSantis has raising uh, tomorrow. It, it'll make sense because it might be more of a, a Trumpish, it might be a Trumpish day. It might be a Trumpish show. All right. Well, okay. Thanks for listening. I want to remind everyone the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time. So I'll see you right back here uh, tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.